This podcast is intended for a mature audience. If you are under 18 years of age, please come back when you are to enjoy our content. The information, opinions, and stories shared in this podcast are for educational purposes only. The content creators are not certified sex therapists or counselors and rely heavily on experts. Come explore, learn, and grow with us. Hello, Ellie. How are you today? I'm doing just fine. How about yourself? I'm excellent. I couldn't wait to chat with you today. Oh, really? I mean, mm-hmm. don't get me wrong. I want. I was looking forward to chatting with you too. But is there a special reason? Well, yeah. I think we've got some stuff to chat about for sure. I mean, we've been busy. The second episode came out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We've been yeah. we've been uploading it for some of our beta listeners, and do they have some uh, commentary again? Well, it was a little bit quieter, and the only thing that they really wanted to focus on was at the very end, my cemetery fucking story. I find that interesting that everyone was really aghast at that, but no one mentioned the whole plastination and reverse cowgirl part. Like no one really blinked about that. That seems that seems very interesting to me. Well, they kind of tied it into my voice and said that I sound all sweet and innocent. And it's hard enough to hear that I might be living in this alternative lifestyle. But to hear that I was fucking in a cemetery, that just blew their mind. And that was the biggest question that was posted to me. Well, you know, it's always the nerds, the introverts, the people who sound sweet and innocent. Those are the ones who are the real freaks. <laughs> Yep. And so us kinksters uh, finding each other on Reddit, hey? I was thinking about the other day, how we met. What is it going on? Almost two and a half years? Yeah, I think just about. Yeah. Stumbling upon my recording, right? It was you who kind of found me and commented on one of my posts. Well, you wanted to comment because you're saying, hey, people are listening, but no one's commenting. And I just wanted to run the statistic by you that generally fewer than 1% of people comment based on my experience in, you know, my professional experience with uh, internet content. So um, I was, I guess I was in the 1% and here we are. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. No, I'm glad you were in the 1% and the conversation just flowed. And then next thing you know, we were talking about doing a podcast together because we just love chatting so much. Yep. And, uh, If you also want to comment, uh, we have a new email address that you can actually do that. Mm Mm-hmm. We've opened up Talking Kink with Alex and Ellie at gmail.com. And we'd love for people to uh, write to us if they have a show idea or to volunteer to come on air and tell us a story, be a guest. We'd love you to join us. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, Alex, sorry to interrupt you. It was just on the top of my mind here. I think as we're growing this this, uh, group of listeners and we're thinking about more and more episodes, do you think we'll need a website? Uh, I think we might. Uh, If only I knew how to build it. Do you know someone? I mean, I've only been doing this since I was 13. So, you know. Whoa, 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 wait. You said you were a scientist. What are you talking about? You know how to build a website? I'm a computer scientist. (laughs) Oh, computer scientist, computer engineer. Boy, did I strike it rich when I found you on Reddit. Yes, I do a lot of (laughs) things with with AI and the future. Wow, that's going to come in handy, hey? Yep, it's it's an applied science. Let's put it this way. There's there's controversy whether it actually qualifies as science and engineering, but I think it straddles both, especially because you end up, especially with the AI, you end up talking a lot about neurology and psychology. How do people think? How do people learn? Is there anything applicable when it comes to AI? And that leads to things like embodiment theory. Does 
a AI or any sort of artificial intelligence need to be exposed to the human world to understand humans better, and then it can actually learn something really interesting. So, oh, slow down! It's you sound passionate. Do you think we should do an episode on that? Uh, well, in terms of AI and sex. Mm-hmm. Can I pick your brain more about that later? That is a possibility. That is definitely a possibility. I okay. I may have I may have spent some time and did some work in the area of okay. AI and sex. <laughs> oh, I can't wait! But for today, you know what else was on my mind? Well, mm-hmm. other than a website, is do you think we need a catchphrase? Mm, you know what? I'm not really good at coming up with catchphrases. Uh, that's that's not really my specialty. But there is a particular catchphrase that I had in mind for today. I took some milf. What the hell is that? M I L F. Mom, I'd like to fuck. Yeah. Dude. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Yep, that's right. We're just gonna go ahead and dive into that topic today. <laughs> I love it. Yes. Milfs and dilfs, hey? Yes. Yes, exactly. So that was uh, a really interesting movie when I started high school. Uh, it just I just started high school when it came out. And uh, it, aging myself a little bit here, but hey, <laughs> you know. Uh, still, it it was one of those. Uh, it's a, one of those things where it kind of uh, defined my generation's ideas of a number of things, in, including things like age play and different mm-hmm. age gaps and who do we want as our first partners? Because that's what when you start high school, that's what you're worried about. Like, who am I going to lose my V card to? And unfortunately, there's not a, you know, there's not a convenient service that matches you up with an appropriate V-card um, taker, V-card recipient. No, wait, no, that wouldn't be the, the, the whatever the word is. Yes, yes. <laughs> oh, yeah, that show taught us lots about sexual health and wellness. Oh, I remember thinking what to do and what not to do when it came to masturbation. Never look at an apple pie the same way. Oh, that poor (laughs) apple pie. (laughs) But today's show isn't just about MILFs and DELFs, right? Or should we talk a little bit more about MILFs and what is a MILF? Yes, I think we absolutely should. Okay, so this Christmas, during the holiday season, I was looking on um, Facebook, of all places, looking for those holiday photos and, and family function um, posts. And I saw what was uh, a previous student, believe it or not, all grown up with a family, married, posing in front of a Christmas tree. And they had on matching t-shirts, him and her, her and her husband, that said uh-huh. MILF and DILF, right across the front of the t-shirt. That was it. M-I-L-F, D-I-L-F. And what was so interesting to me about the post was underneath of it, she admitted that her mother-in-law bought them the matching t-shirts. Mm, okay. <laughs> okay. Does everybody know what a MILF and a DILF is? That's what I wondered. I mean, I would hope so. The The movie's been around for a while, and it actually kind of coined the phrase more or less. In fact, Jennifer Coolidge, who played Stifler's mom and was the subject of the chance says that after that movie, like it landed her 200 partners plus as, as kind of like in the aftermath. So I would really hope that people now know the acronyms. So, okay. I know that the, the episode is called uh, Cougar on the Loose because there's a lot of different terminology and words we're going to be throwing around today, but let's stay on this MILF. How are you declared a MILF? Like, am I a MILF? Well, honest answer, yes. So what makes me a MILF? Is it because, oh, mother, I'd like to fuck. You just declared me a MILF. Okay. I am a mother. Yes, I do have kids. But so that's the first thing is the person has to be the woman, has to be, has to have kids. Yes. Okay. And then they have to be sexy and desirable. Yes. 
and they have to also make it very well known that they're open to being booed, that they're open to sex, that they're open to essentially being hit on. Mm-hmm. That flirtatious spirit. Okay. So yeah, so far I am identifying as a MILF. Um, but what is it? What's the attraction with MILFs? Why is it like one of the top 10 searches on porn sites? So, um, well, I wouldn't know, but if I were to guess, it's probably because there's that expectation that a person who is a mother kind of has that caretaking, nurturing ability, that they have a little bit more experience, they have a little bit more wisdom, they're more open about what they want, they communicate more clearly, they don't really have time for bullshit and flirtation and being shy. They're busy, they have things to do, they have places to be, and you know, they're happy to tell you exactly what they like and what they don't like. And if they like you and what they like about you and how to get and when they're ready to get busy. Uh, but I'm just spitballing around here. <laughs> oh, of course. That doesn't sound like you're speaking from experience at all. And come on, we have to talk about the taboo, the naughty. If this mother is also married, are they out of reach? Well, that would kind of go back to our previous episodes on non-monogamy, and sometimes they are, and sometimes they aren't. Um, mm. A lot of times, I would say, in my experience, they weren't, and I should probably mention that when I say my experience, I, I don't have a specific experience because so far with all but one, ex all the stories that I've told, with only one exceptions, have involved milfs and i know what you're thinking wow this guy's a uh -huh. real motherfucker but <laughs> but yes i have been i have been cougar bait uh since i turned 21 so oh yeah. i can't wait to hear some of that but can we talk about some of the celebrity milfs first let's yeah. go into movies um let's go into imdb dab movie database for example you know me and my research Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm, I'm happy to advance that topic. <laughs> so when I looked online, just typed in IMDb famous MILFs right away. Pamela Anderson, Liz Vassy, Claire Forlani, Heather Locklear, Maria Bello, Jennifer Aniston, Monica Bellucci, Courtney Thorne-Smith were all the first ones listed. Would you have agreed and would it have been in that order? Uh, I don't know about the order of the list. I 100% I agree. But when you when you try to rank people, it's always very it gets always very complicated. Like what what do you use as your as your ranking template, especially when it comes to something that's very subjective, like your personal taste, because I think everyone could could rank people could rank them in a different order. But the mm -hmm. main point is that I very much agree with their picks. Yeah, so some of them I had never even heard of. So right away, I went and Googled them, looked at their picture, but also what movie made them become this MILF in all these people's eyes? And Pamela Anderson, well, the first thing I thought of were those, those jugs bouncing up and down at Baywatch, but Jugs, actually... hold on. I'm sorry. That was the word. That was the word we're going with. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. What? Okay. No, uh, guys who call them boobies, like get out of here. They're jugs. Hers were jugs. I was going to go with breasts, but then again, I guess I'm, I'm, I'm being too prim and proper. When they're locked into that, well, they're barely locked into that bathing suit and bouncing up and down. No, they're jugs. But did you know she was known for her role in barbed wire for dancing topless? And she had a line in that movie, don't call me babe. I do remember watching the movie Barbed Wire uh, yeah. when I was just starting to go through puberty and being, yep, uh-huh, yeah, I'm straight. I have no questions about this. Not at all. <laughs> One of the things I noticed was their ages. When I went and did the research, Pamela Anderson's now 56, Liz Vassy from Meet Joe Black's 52, Heather Locklear 62, and she's still ranked up there because of her role on TJ Hooker. That one I don't know. That one is not, that one is a little bit out of before my time. 
What about Melrose Place in the 90s? I was not in the West, so I did not okay. see that. Yeah, the, mm. the different. I was I was on a different continent at the time. Well, you know what? Through our chats, you're going to have a book list, and now you're going to have a watch list that you're going to have to go and revisit some of these. Um, but Heather Locklear, yeah, she was, I mean, even me as a straight person, her being married to Richie Sambora and Tommy Lee, she just had this really bad girl persona going on, but yet she was a mature woman with experience. And I don't even know, does she have kids? I mean, she would have to if she's to be a MILF. As- yeah, that's like that that literally the very first letter, the very first criteria, the the M the okay. has to be there. Well, in all of this, I texted my current playmate and I asked him, who would be the top MILF that comes to your mind? And he said Katie Segal from Sons of Anarchy. Okay. Do you know her? Yes, her I do. Yeah. Also, I'm familiar with her voice work um, in Futurama, where she played Taronga Leela. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's her. And then I asked my previous friends with benefits, Unicorn, who I've mentioned in episodes before. He said Sofia Vergara from Modern Family. But she has a strong Colombian accent that I don't know if a lot of people would enjoy in a MILF. What do you think? I would. I very much agree with his taste. Yeah. Okay. And then how about matches? I went back and asked matches and he actually identified Marissa Tomei. How do you say her last name? Tomei? Tomei. Tomei. Marissa Tomei. And he said very specifically it was because of her role as Aunt May in Spider-Man. Yep. Yep. That was, she was very good in that role. And so I mentioned Heather Locklear being 62. Matches actually reminded me that the older women get, they just get sexier and sexier. And he went as far as suggesting Annette Benning as a GILF, G-I-L-F. Well, that's a whole new, that's a whole <laughs> new category. Um, and yes, the G stands for grandma in case you are not quite with us yet. Uh-huh. We're talking multi-generational sexiness here. So then I stopped and I asked hubby. I rolled over in bed one night and I said, honey, who would be the first MILF that pops into your mind? And no, he didn't say me. He said Phoebe Cates from Fast Times at Ridgemont High. So how did he do that on the couch? <laughs> he, had a, he had a bruise on his arm next morning, but no, no couch. Okay. All right. You're very forgiving. I appreciate that quite a bit. I remember he also refers to me as his favorite little porn star. He doesn't call me his MILF. Okay. That's, you know what? That's fair. That's, that's very fair. Because with a MILF, isn't there this like level of fantasy? It's a mother I'd like to fuck, which means unreachable, maybe unattainable, more in fantasy where I'm the mother he gets to fuck every night. Yeah, I I can definitely I can definitely see that. And like I said, I think the the, the big pull of that is you have this you, you're focused on a completely different kind of experience. It's less of a this is a performance. This is a this is you know a woman who I already know and I can get to see her as a sexual creature. Whereas a milf, it's more of a this is a person who is a caretaker, who is nurturing, who is experienced, who is kind of like this is we're kind of cracking the door open to things like gentle femdom, which we'll get into another mm-hmm. time because that's its own sphere to explore. But essentially that's, I would say that that's what it is, is that dipping your toe into a little bit of gentle femdom where you, you surrender a little bit to it, where you, you have someone who's guiding you through when you're not quite feeling necessarily confident, or you feel like I need someone to tell me that it's okay to go for it. And, mm-hmm. and show me the ropes and maybe show me some, teach me some things that I have not seen before. Uh-huh. And so when you imagine this MILF, I know you probably think of Sofia Vergara, but who else is there? Well, uh, I would definitely say Kate Beckinsale. Mm-hmm. How old is she now? Oh, I don't know off the top of my head. Okay. I don't know uh, her. I don't know the actress. So she's a she's a British actress. She's been in a number of movies. She's probably mo- most famous for uh, her her vampire movies, the Underworld series. Uh, okay. Who else? And, 
And I would say Mila Jovovich. Okay. And she's famous for the Resident Evil movies. Ah, oh, you're you like a genre that I have never watched much from. So maybe I need to make a watch list too now from you. Yeah, see, there we go. We, we were teaching each other. <laughs> I'm going to check out this Milan. <laughs> but Alex, maybe we should now break away from the MILFs in media and talk about some real life experiences. You want to do a little bit of sharing? Sure. Well, I mean, like I said, I, I've had a, a fair number of those experiences. It just happened to be, I just happened to hit all the criteria. I'm not really sure how I got as lucky as I did, but you know, maybe I was just in the right place in the right time. Um, but my theory goes, and, and I've actually run this theory with, with several people who have confirmed that it does hold merit, is that usually at that age where you have most MILFs, so to speak, go out and start exploring, they're looking potentially for somebody a little bit younger. Things are getting a little bit routine. They're looking to get out of a rut. They're looking to enjoy themselves with someone who can go the distance. And mm -hmm. also with someone who is willing to learn, someone who is willing to listen. Mm-hmm. So you you end up with a kind of training for relationships almost. It's kind of like that that benefit where you're kind of going to a very um, fun, very sexy boot camp, and then you can show, <laughs> hey, this is this is how good of a student I am in another encounter. I had a formal word. I was thinking like a built-in sex therapist, and instead you go straight to the boot camp. I'm envisioning this woman with like the army attire and big boots and um. Yeah, that's that definitely has not happened either. That's not. Yeah. Um, no, so, no, I'm just no, I, I, I am just kidding. But I, I would say, yeah, bootcamp may be a little bit bootcamp may be a little bit harsh, but definitely more of like a, a definitely more of like a training session, definitely more of like a hands on uh, hands on homework. And so this teacher-like woman who happens to have children, this MILF that you've had some experience with, what would you say the biggest age difference was that you've ever been with? Oh, I would say that the biggest age difference was around 19 years or so. How old would you have been? I was 24. She was around 43, I think. Okay, okay. So, and you you called yourself cougar bait which means at 24 did you identify as a cub did you know you were a cub so i knew i was because that was i i, I started hearing the term around mm -hmm. but i didn't know a lot of things at the time because i was really just starting out mm -hmm. um in those just kind of exploring things and i didn't quite know the vocabulary yet but yes i've definitely heard that that term applied to me but I want to point out that I didn't necessarily go seeking these experiences very um, like it wasn't like a targeted thing where I was like, yes, I am. A, I'm a cub. I'm looking for cougars. I'm specifically looking for the MILF subcategory of cougar, which the whole idea is cougar is an older woman. And there's some debate about the age difference that needs to mm -hmm. be involved before someone is a cougar versus a puma, which is a younger cougar or a cougar in training if you will oh um, my. yeah so all of these terms i i've heard of them but again this is just this is just what happened i wasn't consciously pursuing it am i maybe a puma then is that what you're saying i'm not a cougar yet because i'm not 50 what or you don't well, know the I don't know because there's a debate there's some people that say oh you need to be in your mid-30s or older to be a cougar and yeah. then mid-20s to mid-30s would be more of a puma, but there's some people who will say, well, no, actually shift that, all of that by five, 10 years. There's no, I don't think there's any real set, hard and fast rule. Oh, by, by one of my friend's rules, she said, you're a cougar if you wear animal prints. And I said, there's no way I'll ever wear animal prints. I guess I'll never be a cougar. You know, I have also never met someone who wore animal prints or rather I should say I've never spent I've never hooked up with someone who wore animal prints but 
I did hook up with some people who had animal prints on their bed. So, oh, I thought you were gonna say underwear. Come on. Yeah, and and they were, and yes, they were all milfs. <laughs> now, have you ever been in a relationship with a milf? Believe it or not, yes, yes, I was. Uh, to my surprise, I ended up in a relationship with one, and it was very interesting because she had a lot of experience. Mm-hmm. in relationships and she had that that wisdom to know oh these certain things that you're worried about oh over the long term they don't matter and to me those things were like oh no this is this is a, such a big deal this is such a huge deal and obviously if you are in the relationship then you have to deal with the kids and the kids are there and they start getting to know you and you kind of have to play an almost step fatherly figure sometimes and it can get a little overwhelming, especially if you're young and you're not ready for it. So, um, but that's not to say that those those relationships can't work, and we'll definitely talk about that. But mm. yeah, it's it's a bit of a it's a bit of a mental uh, of a serious mental adjustment. At the same time, if you can take advantage of that wisdom and you can take advantage of that experience, uh, there's a lot of really convenient shortcuts to a lot of things that cause stresses in other relationships because of that, again, that that nurturing teaching aspect where, yes, you're, you're being kind of trained how to have a proper relationship, how to have hopefully a healthy relationship and mm-hmm. how to cut through some of the drama and some of the BS that you don't even know that you're falling into because you're still young. Interesting. Interesting. Well... You say I'm a MILF, and I really don't have a lot of experience as being a MILF, but I know with my time on FetLife, that website's interesting and a place where definitely the 21 to 25-year-olds, they like to chat with me. They're the ones who are in my DMs all the time, and boy, are them cubs hungry. <laughs> yeah, that 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 mirrors my experience on the other side of it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. So the youngest I've ever uh, been approached by and then was with was a 31-year-old. And that was a 15-year difference. But I think when I look in the mirror, I don't see it. But people say I look 38, not 48. And I don't know if that had something to do with it. Is it that MILFs look younger, Alex? Yes, I definitely would say that. Uh, It's very much... um, women who take really good care of themselves it doesn't mean that they don't show age ever but they just seem like yeah they care about their appearance they care about staying healthy and fit and enjoying life and that is really kind of the part that's infectious because you know how women will say they they like silver foxes or it's kind of like the reverse with delfs yes there's these are men who are enjoying life and they're you know taking care of themselves and at the same but at the same time they they own their age and they own their experience and they have and that culminates in confidence and that's that confidence that's attractive that's sexy that's charismatic well i think it works the same way for women when a woman is taking care of herself and has that confidence she knows she looks good she knows she has her life together it's very attractive and you're like yeah this is this is a person i want to talk to like what's uh what's she up to well, it doesn't go the other way all the time. So my my one experience with this 31-year-old guy, and I'll use the word guy and not man, is because with my experience, I ended up not really being attracted to him. We had a first meet. It turned into a drive, which turned into me actually sucking his cock in a parking lot. And we got interrupted. We ended up moving along, and there was no second meet, actually. COVID hit. And he was the type of person, he was tired of this virus. He turned into a hermit. And so I went back to look for another playmate. I went on the hunt again. And I ended up, because of my experience, the way he chatted, the pickup lines he used, the words they use, I ended up, in my opinion, the older men is where it's at. I, too, am seeking that experience, the knowledge, um, the security and confidence that you're describing in a MILF. So the under 30 people, yeah, no, they don't get a lot of my attention anymore. See, Ellie, what I did, 
as an under 30 person is, first of all, I never used pickup lines. Second of all, I always made sure that my apartment was nice and clean and ready. Well, actually, I'm to be fair, I'm a bit of a neat freak. I, I like things really tidy and organized um, as probably has nothing to do with the fact that I ended up being an engineer and doing applied math for a living. But <laughs> but no, in, in all seriousness, I always wanted to have this area that would be a nice, safe, clean area to play in. And also show that, hey, I have my stuff together. Uh, I may not necessarily have the kind of experience that you do, but I'm doing okay for myself. I'm pretty confident. You seem pretty confident too. Let's get to know each other. I, um, I'm happy to listen. I'm happy to ask you questions. I'm happy to learn more about life and more from you. So well, that was my let's, approach. Let's establish for the listeners, if you and I had met on a cougar hunter, cub hunter forum or whatever. What's the age difference between us, Alex? Well, I'm 48. Age difference between us is nine years, I think. Okay. Okay. Is that enough for me to be considered a MELF? What? I think we said that there's lots of debates on this, right? That there wasn't any set, had to be 10 years or had to be 15 years. I would say that that may qualify. That would kind of, I think that would kind of be in that potentially Puma range. Uh -huh. But again, I'm not, this is, this is one of those things where, okay, yes, you would, if you were already a mother, then that counts because it doesn't really matter how old the, how old the kid was, because I do think that the lowest age difference I've ever had with a MILF was four or five years. Yeah. And I think we're, we're dipping into two different areas, right? A MILF is just that there's, uh, children involved in her arrangement, her life, and that a cougar is maybe someone where there's an age difference, that age gap. But I do think that they kind of do go hand in hand because mm -hmm. most of the people who are very interested in the MILF label, they are after cougars. They are cubs who are looking for cougars. They're specifically interested in that age difference aspect, and they are specifically looking for that extra experience, for that clear communication, for that wisdom that they kind of assume comes with age and motherhood. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to dwell too much on MILFs. I mean, can we talk about DILF and what the difference is between a DILF and a dad bod? Like there tends to be this new trend. Everyone's like, ooh, there's t-shirts, you know, say like, you know, hot for dad bod. So I think a lot of guys wanted to get in on this um, because let's be honest, there is definitely a thing where women who see a man taking care of children or even taking care of dogs, you know, they, they get they get some phone numbers. Uh, funny enough, once upon a time, I remember I was walking my pup and I have a, just a ridiculously stupid, cute pup and I'm walking him around the dog park and i had a, a obviously you meet people who also are walking their dogs along the way especially if the dogs sniff each other and start playing um i had i had women talking to me and they would eventually say hey you know would you want to maybe keep in touch and see if you are out with your pup again and i would say well you know yeah i'd have to you know, my, I might be out with my wife next time. And they're like, oh, no, no, that's that's OK. That's that's cool because they didn't care. They were just like, no, have my number, have my number. And I remember <laughs> my wife once observed this and said, you know, if you if you just had him and you were walking around, you would just get all delayed. That's mm -hmm. that's how it is. And I think it's definitely also the same thing I with kids, especially with kids, because you have these very parental figures and I think it I think it activates something I've seen I've definitely seen it when if I'm playing with a kid and you know niece or nephew mm -hmm. I definitely catch some glances here and there oh my husband definitely has experience with both of our kids over the years of the stroller being the chick magnet he couldn't go through a park without a woman approaching and just leaning down oh how old it was the in they needed to talk to this good looking man yeah and and so you have a you have a great way in to join on some of this and get uh and get that that label that denotes that hey you're still you're still desirable because 
I think that for men at some age, we want to know that, hey, we're still we're still wanted because that's that's a big thing, you know, be whether you're desirable or not matters quite a bit in our culture. So that whole idea of Delph also says that, hey, no, I'm still I'm still there. I'm still relevant. I can still get looks. People still want me. So mm-hmm. I definitely think that that that's why uh, a lot of men were very happy to take off with that. Yeah. Well, and I know for myself, when I'm surfing social media, et cetera, I tend to notice those DILFs who have the dad bod. Because in my opinion, when I see someone who's got, you know, an average body, average height, no big muscles, not trim and over the top, it says to me that they're, they're a guy who values time with their family and friends. They keep in shape, but they also like to spend time uh, doing hobbies, you know, woodworking, reading, art, etc. Gym rats, I'm sorry, that's just an opinion I have. That's all they tend to think about is getting to the gym, working out, you know, getting those muscles bigger, staring in the mirror. And yeah, it's not, I'm not attracted to that. Well, I mean, in, in some defense, I, I love going to the gym. I love working out, but I do it as more of a stress relief. I'm not, you know, mm-hmm. I'm not sitting there going, oh, I need to, this is, this is the pump that I need to have, et cetera, et cetera. It's more just, I just want to make sure that I am healthy and not have stressed. A, yeah. Not, and not too stressed. That's, that's really it. That's all there's to it. And is a gym the place that you would notice these milfs? You're not going to believe me, but generally I just focus on my workouts. Now I will, now I will notice if there's somebody really good looking, I will definitely notice, but I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time. I was just going to say bullshit. (laughs) No, I'll, no, I'll notice, but I'm not going to do anything about it. I'm not going to bug them. I'm not going to approach them because I'm, they're working out. I'm working out. We're there to do, we're there to do a task. Yeah. Yeah. Now, if they want to chat after the gym, if we're done with our workouts and all of a sudden they're right next to me and they have a question or they notice something, I'm happy to chat. <laughs> there you go. I knew it. I knew if we talked long enough, you'd turn to kind of the flirty, naughty, kinkier side. So why don't we keep going in that direction and let's talk about age play. Hmm. So how do we actually define age play? Because there's a, it's, it's a bit of a gray area in some respects, and it's also really vast potential for things to go weird. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I took my research to a website called Mashable.com, where I read that age play is when consenting Adults engage with each other in a role play and or power exchange dynamic where one or more of them takes on the persona of a different age group. I read quotations like, yes, daddy, I'll be a good girl or in reverse. Now be a good little girl for daddy. I've also seen and heard those lines be used in porn and I've read them in erotica. How about you? Yes, uh, especially because I should probably note now that that MILF porn is always in the top five categories whenever you have the Pornhub wrap up, whenever anyone studies what categories of porn the most viewed MILF porn is always in the top five. I thought it was top 10. You're saying top five. Yep, almost always in the top five. And I've also with the age play, I've definitely heard daddy. It's kind of going through a renaissance and I, I can't do it. I'm sorry. I just, this is like the biggest turnoff for me. Mm-hmm. Um, now I've called a partners, a good girl, a couple of times. And one specific case, this was in a, in a scene where I consensually, consensually yeah. had my elbow wrapped around her throat because mm-hmm. that's what she was really into. She was, she really wanted to be, to be domed and, that was that was totally cool, and she reacted to that very very favorably. But if someone says that to me, if someone calls me daddy, I just I can't. There's something just or I'm daddy's little girl. Nope, I'm out. I'm done. It's like very, it just very incesty, and sounds a little bit like it's it's a little getting a little too close to pedophilia for me. I just I can't mm-hmm. do it. I can't. I cannot get over it. 
um, even certain like flowy baby doll lingerie. I can't, I can't do it. It's too much for me. It just looks like, no, 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 no. You, you look like somebody I should, I should tell to run along now and mm-hmm. have well, some thanks. candy and, and watch cartoons. I can't do it. I like that you're so honest with that. And that is just your opinion, right? It doesn't mean anybody who does partake in age play or like age play is also into all those more kind of negative connotation, taboo, illegal acts, right? Like, oh, yeah, absolutely. This absolutely. is just, this is, this is just me. And mm-hmm. I, as long as it's consensual and it involves adults who are, who am I to judge? I'm only talking, I'm only talking for myself. Yes. And I love that we can share our thoughts and opinions because I too, as a MILF mother that you'd like to fuck a mother, I can't go to the age play. If someone calls me mommy, I just get weirded out. Yeah, um, that's another thing that you you get a lot in that gentle femdom because you have that transition from mm-hmm. milfs and cougars to femdom, and mommy is very commonly used. And I can't like I can't say it even in a situation where my partner's being more dominant and they would like that and they would expect it. I just also again can't can't mm-hmm. quite do it, but. There are a lot of people who very much enjoy it, and there are definitely women who I know who love to be called that, and they have this persona of this very nurturing, gentle dom that trains their partner specifically for their pleasure, and that's what they that's what they get out of it, the, the more dominant partner, and the partner who is the more submissive in that age play, they get to kind of revert a little bit. They don't have to perform. They don't have to know things. They don't have to. They can just be told what to do and follow that guide. And a lot of times you have people who may be very powerful and very dominant in their normal lives. They're in charge of Mm -hmm. everything. They make all the decisions. And it's so exhausting to be constantly in charge and bark orders all the time. So Mm. they want to give up that control they want to do that regression to where they don't have the responsibilities. They don't have the pressure. They can just follow instructions and be called a good boy or a good girl and do what they are told to do and make the other person happy, which makes them happy. Mm-hmm. Simple and sexy. But is this age play that we're talking about? Is it a kink? Is it a fetish? Is it both? Is it role play? Maybe we should establish, you know, how some people might live it as a lifestyle and other people have it as part of a fantasy. There's definitely a lot of role playing that may be involved here. Um, And this is especially with there are some groups of people who very much kind of like cosplay as adult babies Mm -hmm. or um, adult children so there's there's a fair bit of role play there but and for some people it can be a fetish because this is what they like this is what they need they cannot get off without it this is the way that they get aroused this is the way that they get satisfaction and for some people it's just a kink where you know if we add that a couple times a year that that just that's just the extra spice that i need to take it over the top i but i don't need this i can do other things i have other interests but for some people like this is this is their thing this is their whole sexual world mhm mhm yeah no i've had one time when my husband asked me to dress up like a schoolgirl with the short skirt the plaid skirt and the white t-shirt you know he really wanted me to embody the headspace of a teenager once again, you know, lighthearted and flirty and yeah, no, it was okay. <laughs> did you did you dress up and go, can I borrow the car today? <laughs> I want to go to a party with friends. Yeah, I'm out of here. Can I have some I money have for keys? concert tickets? <laughs> and you know, his biggest complaint in role play is that I laugh way too much and then I break character. So age play isn't something we've we've done much of at all but uh so i had to do more research i had to go i had to go find more information about this cub cougar dynamic and i went to a site have you ever heard of kinklovers.com yes i have (laughs) 
course you have. I haven't. I had to dig deep to find it on the internet. And I found on kinklovers.com that older women and younger men, they're out about, they're always about the uh, confidence, right? You mentioned the sexual confidence and uh, the whole NSA thing we brought up at the last, on the last episode where they're looking for someone who's going to offer no games because you know what? They have no patience, no patience for drama at all. And it kind of turns people on. And I would say that's especially true for men in their younger 20s because in in that particular age range, you get a lot of drama because um, a lot of younger women are not quite sure about what they want. They have there's there's definitely baggage there. We need to call out from from society about, oh, you need to be prim and proper and this is not really ladylike and this is how you need to dress and this is what proper courtship looks like. They're still still trying to figure things out for themselves. And as they do, there's a lot of stress there. There's a lot of drama and younger men who are just like, I just want a very simple yes, no, what are we doing? What's going on? Like we're we're fairly simple creatures at that age. As Eager I to as please. I will Yeah, as I will readily like we're 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 ready to go. Just tell us what we're supposed to do. And when you have someone older come who comes in and says, okay, this is what I need you to do. Okay. Yeah. Done. Perfect. That sounds Fantastic. There's none of that indecision. We know exactly what's going on. And that's that's that confidence. That's that attraction. And if it's no string attached, that's terrific because then we don't have to figure out how to make a relationship work because we still don't know how to do that. But it's not expected of us. So, yeah, that's just another added bonus. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. You want to talk about some real life couples? Like we're talking about age play as form of a fetish, but there's actually real life couples that have made this successful relationships and some not so successful relationships. I read an article from 2022 that listed off a whole bunch of them. Who do you think was at the top of the list? Um, who would be at the top of the list? Who comes uh, you to your know? mind as a couple with a big age gap? So believe it or not, there is a couple in Russia, Al Pugacheva and Maxim Galkin. He, she is a very famous singer from the Soviet mm -hmm. Union, and he is a very famous impressionist and humorist. He's kind of like Jimmy Fallon, but actually funny and smart. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I went there. I went there. You did. Um, he is in his early 40s, and she's in her early 70s. Mm. Hmm, that kind of reminds me of uh, Demi Moore and Ashton Kutcher or oh, yeah. Karanka Chopra and Nick Jonas, 10 years older. Um, and then there's also Cher and Alexander Edwards. Not sure if they're still together or not, though, but there's uh, there's, I think, close to a 40 year age difference. Wow. Mm hmm. And but it doesn't always have to be that the woman's older. Like sugar daddies like Michael Douglas, Catherine Zeta-Jones, he was 25 years older than her. I mean, that, that does tend to be a lot more normal and accepted where, well, I shouldn't say normal, but definitely a lot more common and accepted where you have older men or even significantly older men bring significantly younger women. Mm -hmm. Have you been on Netflix lately? Have you seen this new movie that's out May, December? No, I have not. I'm really bad at catching up on movies that aren't of a certain genre. Well, as soon as I started talking about this age gap relationships, my husband told me about the movie on Netflix. And it's about a woman and a much, much younger man to the point that he was underage. And so it made the media. And yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting movie if you want to check it out. There tends to be, it tends to kind of connect with a lot of the news lately where there's teachers and professors who are getting into trouble for getting into relationships with their students. Which is something that we probably should not encourage. No. Because of the power deferential. 
Exactly. Exactly. And uh, I know trigger warning to all the uh, professors and teachers out there. It, it's scary. It, it's it's a reality in, our, in the workplace for those people. And uh, let, let's just move back into the kink side of things and back into role play. Um, did you know that uh, this kink is tied quite closely to the spanking kink? Actually, no, I did not. That is the first time I'm hearing about that. Hmm. I don't know if it's because a lot of us grew up in the 70s and the 80s when we were ruled by the wooden spoon and the swift flat hand of our parents, uh, when it was kind of an acceptable form of punishment or discipline. They're taking it on Reddit. There's subreddits about it where they're taking it that the spanking kink is part of the age dynamic where it's the MILF or DILF who's doling out the fun and sexy kind of punishment. Okay, so Ellie, I gotta point out that this sounds very Freudian, and I, I should point out that a lot of psychologists nowadays disagree with a lot of Freud's findings, but, oh, yeah. but then again, uh, Freud's primary style of treatment analysis was, hmm, that probably is tied to your mom and your dad. You should do cocaine about it. So, um, <laughs> Well, right away, I was thinking, do we crave it because we survived it? Is this a generational thing? I, I don't know, but I actually think that it just, for some people, it's fun when it's consensual because they enjoy the endorphins and yes. the adrenaline. Uh, of just being spanked and and knowing when to stop. And I've definitely have seen the spectrum of people who are just like, okay, just a nice little love tap is all they need. Uh, mm -hmm. And in one particular case, I actually had to get a spatula that had holes drilled in it and wind up with full strength before she actually relented and said, okay, there we go. That, that'll do it. That'll do it. <laughs> so there's definitely a lot of degrees there, but I, I do think that it's just it's just that that adrenaline rush, and that's usually what uh, what I've seen. But I think that a lot of the theories that have been built up on oh, does this relate it to the psychosexual development based on mm -hmm. parents? A lot of those studies have not been really well supported. A lot of those studies have never been replicated, and a lot of them came from the 19th century where to be fair a lot of scientists especially older male scientists could just write whatever they wanted and it was taken as fact and mm. that was it and we kind of lived with it so a lot of studies uh especially about discipline and bondage and sadomasochism and different kings that have to do with age play they're all tied into this very complicated almost Oedipian incestuous framework mm -hmm. and there's really very little scientific support for it. So that's why I'm not a big fan of diving well into it because I know that that mm -hmm. particular scientific pool has been really, really tainted and a lot of psychologists um, and, and therapists who I know kind of scoff at that a little bit and say, ah, something else is definitely going on. We don't know exactly what it is. Mm -hmm. But it's but it's probably not that. It seems a little bit too tidy and convenient and yeah. not well supported at all. No, no. And did you know that this um, kink or fetish, whatever you'd like, whichever degree you need it or want it, that the the uh, role play behind age play doesn't always have to be sexual. That it can be non-sexual as well. That there doesn't have to be sexual gratification. I have definitely heard of it. I have not necessarily seen it, but I do know that people who, like I said, they will role play as children. So they'll pretend to mm -hmm. be children and they're doing homework and the food that they eat is kind of like shaped like it's for a kid or in almost like on, on like plates for kids because it's that it's that comfort. They want to regress to a part where they didn't have responsibilities, where they felt taken care of. And now, unfortunately, I know that for some people, it's kind of trying to create a new childhood. They've had traumatic mm -hmm. childhoods, childhoods where they were neglected or they mm -hmm. were abused. So they're trying to build new memories of a childhood that it's positive. There's nothing, they don't see anything sexual in it. They don't want anything sexual in it. They just want to feel comforted and taken care of and loved. 
Um, and that's 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 what it's about for them. And I know that in some cases you go into that uh, judgy side where it's like, oh, well, this just sounds like pedophilia with extra steps. But I want to emphasize mm-hmm. that that's not at all what it's about. It's about no. that 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 comfort and that creation of new and better childhood memories. That's Sense what they. That's what they're looking. Yep. Yeah, it's wholesome, safe, and nourishing. Yeah, but I did come across um, two different types: some with humiliation and some without. I'll give you four new letters again. Ready? A B D L. Oh, I've seen that episode of Bob's Burgers. What? Okay, you tell us then. What are those for? So, adult baby diaper lover, or mm-hmm. as or as has been abbreviated in the aforementioned episode of Bob's Burgers, just diaper lover. It is exactly what it sounds like. Oh, it tell is, me more. Yes, it is essentially people who behave like babies they like to wear diapers and now also this is one of those trigger warning moments where Mm -hmm. maybe give us a maybe give us a minute or two uh to discuss that but sometimes they will soil the diaper as well and be changed and everything that goes with it so it's a very it's kind of a more extreme version of just the kind of like the little fetish where they are playing as kids role playing mm-hmm. as kids or even small kids this is all the way down into being babies and mm-hmm. again it's this it's that version of comfort and safety it is not necessarily sexual although there's a lot of this is one of those where it gets really gray liney and very complicated and very weird enjoyment versus pleasure versus yeah, sexual gratification yeah. Yeah. A lot of those lines start to get really blurred and it's very difficult to say where one ends and the other begins. And mm-hmm. there's not really a lot of research or study into it because nobody wants to fund that. Basically, I, I shouldn't say that mm-hmm. nobody wants to wants to do that study. I'm sure there's definitely there's people who will research anything, uh, but no one wants to give a grant to try and figure that out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, I mentioned the humiliation part because I read that uh, for some people being forced into acts like wearing a diaper or sucking on a soother and being put in a position where they can actually say no and be what I learned is called a brat, where they don't always go with what the person's saying and they act very bratty and argue, but as oh. a form of flirtation. Oh, bratiness is a whole is its is its whole special thing, and I've definitely have some some friends who are brats, and they very much enjoy being brats, and they're very much mm-hmm. like, you know, make me. Mm-hmm. That's their that's their entire tagline. Make me. They want you to assert that dominance where they they have that loss of power and control. And again, for a number of them, they have to be, you know, hard asses in their real life. They have to be the people who lay down the law. And it feels, and at the same time, they have that rebellious nature that allowed them to do that in the first place. And they can't let that go, but they do want to periodically lose control and feel like they've surrendered their power. And that's, again, we we keep boiling down to, we want somebody to give us guidance. We want somebody mm-hmm. to make us feel comforted, to make us feel safe, because we can go all the way back to the MILF and the cougar topic which we started with, and it's kind of the same thing. It's a much gentler version of it, but the the, the cubs and the, the young men who would love to be with a cougar, who would love to be with the MILF, that's, again, what they're looking for. They want safety. They want to feel like they're being taken care of. They want to feel like they're being looked after. They want to feel like they're being taught, like they're not being judged. This is a safe space for them to learn, to Mm -hmm. experiment, and to not have any real consequences if they mess up. Because if you mess up in a real relationship with someone who also is still discovering things, it can blow up. It can get really ugly. It can get really messy. It can get really complicated. But with someone who has a lot more experience, someone who's been there, seen seen it, done it, there's just so much more safety. Well, that safety and comfort. Um, 
let's get a little bit uncomfortable and let's talk about the stepdaughter stepson dynamic taboo yeah talk about blurred lines how do people go from fantasy to real life is it just in the bedroom or do people actually follow through with it for real oh ali i think we all know the answer to that one what's his name his name is woody allen (laughs) and he raised himself a wife no kidding married his adopted stepdaughter sunyi previn he was 61 and she was 26. Yeah, that's a little, that's a little much. Poor, poor Mia Farrow. Yeah, poor Mia Farrow. <laughs> her son is, uh, her son grew up to be a very, very accomplished investigative reporter who actually covered a lot of um, Me Too and a lot of the the relationship scandals among media figures. So I just thought that was, that would be a really interesting aside. Mm-hmm. Well, I know I haven't had many friends or personal experience with this, but I did chat with a gentleman who shared that that type of dynamic or he caught himself in a situation um, where it actually cost him a relationship because the 17 year old stepdaughter and all her friends knew that this was like a taboo topic and they actually made him quite uncomfortable every day when he'd come home in the early stages of his dating with this new woman they'd walk around in skimpy clothes and then they'd call him a perv he was 50 years old but um he never crossed that line and it still eventually cost him his relationship that that's a yeah that's definitely a complicated topic where you feel like you're kind of playing with fire when you are mm-hmm. going into that particular dynamic have you heard of other stories maybe where there was some seduction i have heard a number of stories that um, you know there's actually a bit of a song about those So, yeah, um, Stacy's mom seduced some kids because she was a little lonely and a little bored. And usually they were not these, you know, torrid affairs. This was very much just like a, I want to entertain myself. I'm bored. I want to entertain myself. That doesn't really go well with uh, their daughters who they were dating at the time. And mm-hmm. <laughs> that definitely would blow up the relationship because there's no- nothing ends a relationship faster than saying, I'm sorry, I slept with your mom. <laughs> like, I'm I'm trying to think what else would would warrant an even faster breakup, but I'm really struggling here. This is about this is about as far as it goes. There is kind of like a, a bit of a of a dark side there because they have the daughters and the daughters are still figuring out what they want and they're still doing that exploration, just like we talked about. And the mom is confident. She takes the lead. It's really easy. It's so, it's just, it takes no effort. Just follow her along. But there is that gray area there that needs to be discussed where there is a significant experience and power differential in that relationship where if you are more experienced and you know how things can backfire, and you still proceed with that seduction anyway because that's what you want that's that's definitely something you need to really think about so i'm not trying to say that set accounts like the the, the guys in it were innocent no they 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 could and should have thought about it but it's like one of those things where i can see the guilt kind of on i can see the guilt on both sides because these are their daughters. This mm-hmm. is this is something that 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 everybody need to keep in touch. And they just were not very conscientious. They let the they let the animal side of their brains just completely take over. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're they're ids to bring the coke fiend of the nineteenth <laughs> century back uh, into the discussion. Um, but I will say though, it is very common to hear refrains if you are of certain age and of certain build and you just happen to catch certain women's eye, it's very common to hear, oh, you know, if I was only 15, 20 years younger. Mm-hmm. So that that definitely happens. That definitely goes on. It definitely goes on more than people talk about, especially because it the, the male side of it is so normalized where older men and younger women is just, it's very, very common. And now... Uh, people are are still, I think, getting comfortable with older older women and younger men. Uh, but 
I think it definitely happens a lot more than we talk about. If my anecdotal evidence and the survey of TV and dating sites is any indication. Well, and maybe some of our listeners are going to reach out to us from our email address and, you know, drop a few stories. Maybe they can share some of their experiences, whether they're fond memories or maybe a tale to, you know, warn others. Just wondering, what was that email address again? <laughs> well, it's talkingkinkwithalexandellie at gmail.com. All one thing, no spaces. No spaces. Nope. So thanks for joining me again today, Alex. Always a pleasure. And uh, I think I actually have something interesting for us to talk about next time. Maybe mm -hmm. something that is a little bit out of this world. I can't wait. Till next time, Alex. Till next time, Ellie. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.